Alright, podcast going. Take my glasses off. Start the video recording. <laughs> oh, what a day. What a week. What a life. Death, it's a death-defying life I lead, I tell ya. I tell ya, I tell ya. Let me tell you something. A little life lease on uh, from your Uncle John. Big John. Before we get that started, hey, this is uh, Americana, the American way. I'm Big John. We're on YouTube, Rumble, all sorts of podcast platforms. So do the like, share, subscribe, comment, all that exciting, fun, flap-happy stuff. So let me tell you something, Cheer. Had a little accident. Fender bender, if you will. While chasing after my mom's runaway dog. In my finite wisdom, I thought I could drive in reverse... Trapping the dog between the door and the car. And I was going to swoop down with my mighty hand. Make a dramatic snatch up of the dog. And get him into the car. Well that didn't work. The dog is alive. He returned home. On his own. My door however. Is not alive. It went to car door heaven, if you will. And in the process, I went to um, uh, auto body shop, recommended my by my insurance company. Okay, must I've heard good things, but they wanted to keep my car for a week, maybe more. They couldn't give me a definite time frame. Well, I got things to do. So I drove around for a while. Uh, it was going to be like two weeks before they could even take my car in for repairs. Alright. So I went to a different body shop. I made the mistake of telling him how much my insurance company was going to give me. And how much the other repair shop estimated. Always get an estimate from a repair shop. Before you tell them anything. Lesson numero one. Lesson numero two. If somebody. Has. Maybe screwed you over in the past. I know we're supposed to be forgiving. Loving Christian people. Turn the other cheek. Well my other cheek cost me. Six hundred dollars in cash money. There's another fun thing that happened. A missed the car incident. So I get my insurance company to flat out give me the uh, money from the car repairs. For the car repairs, right? So they deposited in my bank account less than 24 hours after I asked them to. Pretty awesome. To make sure I didn't mix this money in with my own money, I took it out, went to the ATM, 
took out a substantial amount of money, hid it in a sacred hiding place. A woman friend of mine who was staying in my one of my spare bedrooms uh, saw me getting some of my personal money out of the hiding place. So the next morning I go to get my money out to take to the body shop. They're gonna start repairs on my car. Okay. I, I had this money uh, in, a, in a roll with a rubber band wrapped around it. Uh, it felt kind of light. I counted the money. There was a lot missing. I had another smaller roll of money. It was, I thought it was all there. Turns out there was money missing from that roll too. Well, there were only two people with access to the house and only one and a half people that knew where it was hidden. So my house guest quickly got removed the next day uh, and I went to the police. They said, well, you didn't see them take it. You can't prove that they took it, but we will take a report. And if they return to your property, we will arrest them for trespassing. And then at least something will get done. Uh, but this is just a little life lesson. You know, don't trust mechanics. I'm sorry. There are good ones out there. I have a very good personal mechanic that, but this was, this was body work. It wasn't engine work um, but whatever you just can't trust humanoids anymore that's the point get a dog get ten dogs see what's the hat on them crap in Washington in just over 100 days we have an economic crisis we have a border crisis and we have a national security crisis the American people are suffering under the far-left radical socialist policies of President Joe Biden and Speaker Nancy Pelosi. In just over 100 days, we have an economic crisis, we have a border crisis, and we have a national security crisis. The American people are suffering under the far-left radical socialist policies of President Joe Biden and Speaker Nancy Pelosi. In just over 100 days, we have an economic crisis. So that was Representative Elise Stefanik laying it down. You would not have heard Liz Cheney making that speech. Uh, this is the uh, lady congresswoman who's taken over uh, Liz Cheney's former position amidst controversy in the media. Well, good for the media. They can have their controversy. But that's the fire we need to fight the Democrats right now. That's the fervor we need, not furor. In fact, let me, re let me ch change that. That's the kind of piss and vinegar politician we need to f save America right now. The American way is being er eroded away at. Hey, folk, here's a little newsy flash. We gave... Is Palestine to Israel 
after World War II. In uh, one of the first actions of the United Nations, it was the United States that used its power after World War II to give Israel its own piece of land, if you will, so that the Jews would always have a homeland. National security crises uh, is down at the border for one. It is the Hamas and Israel conflict that's going on right now. Israel is bombarding the heck out of Gaza, which is a piece of land uh, that is appropriated to the Palestinians. Uh, But the fact of the matter is Hamas is launching massive, massive rocket attacks against Israel. Now, uh, a few years ago, we helped Israel get what's known as the uh, Iron Dome or the Steel Dome. It's a missile defense system, but when it's bombarded with this many rockets, it can't deflect all of them. It can't shoot them all down uh, just because there are so many. And Hamas and the Palestinians, the PLO, are just wave of wave of rocket attack into Israel and the Israelis are striking back they have great intelligence uh, when it comes to where are the Hamas leaders the terrorist leaders of Hamas they know where Hamas's underground tunnel system is and they've been bombarding that to the Dickens to get rid of uh, these terrorists that are launching rockets. And people like uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez want to um, condemn Israel for defending herself. Uh, Unreal. You know, America has been an ally to Israel, like I said, since we gave the nation of Israel, its own land. Uh, if you read your Bible, Bible, basic information before leaving earth, you will know that Israel is God's chosen people. So, again, eroding away at American culture, Americana, our faith, our religion, our commitment to our uh, Jewish brothers and sisters. This is what you wanted. This this is what you wanted, guys. Oh, you know, a hundred days, border crisis, war in Israel, economic crisis, but no mean tweets. Although I heard somewhere that uh, whoever runs Biden's Twitter did put out a pretty stupid tweet, but the New York Times has an unflattering expose 
on the behind the scenes of the Biden White House. And that's pretty shocking for the New York Times that wanted to get rid of Trumpy baby so bad. Let's hear what they have to say. This is from Fox News and Brian Kilmeade and somebody. All right, the New York Times out with a behind-the-scenes look at the Biden presidency so far. Not really flattering. The president apparently has a temper, gets bogged down in details, his decision-making anything but quick. Here's a portion of the story. I'll bring you this quote. Let's talk plain English here, he would often snap. What emerges is a portrait of a president with a short fuse, who's obsessed with getting the details right, sometimes to a fault. Mr. Biden is gripped by a sense of urgency that leaves him prone to flares of impatience. Joining us right now is someone who spent years in the White House, Carl Rowe, Fox News contributor. Carl, what's your takeaway from this story that broke this afternoon? Well, first of all, it's interesting to me because this was clearly a sanctioned story. That is to say, the New York Times said, we want to talk about this. And they said, great, let us make a large number of people inside the White House available to you. So this is this is uh, odd. I'm not certain I'd want, I would want to encourage this kind of a story, and they clearly did. But it does give a view behind the, behind the scenes of how this president makes decisions. I took away he's indecisive, that he can't come to a conclusion about something. I was taken aback by one comment that his national security advisor, Jake Sullivan, attributed to him. He said that the president told him, quote, you can never give me too much detail. Well, yes, you can. You're the president. You don't need to know every little itsy bitsy thing. Your job is to set the vision to help people understand how you will make decisions, where you would want to go by describing the vision that you have and how you come about decisions. It's not by getting every little thing absorbed on every little issue that comes forward. That, that We had a guy who did that. His name was Jimmy Carter. Right, and that didn't turn out well. Uh, they say he does a Socratic journey before making a decision and is described as difficult by his advisors, his allies, and our enemies. So he goes through a deliberative process. Maybe people might feel gratified and assured by that. But in today's environment, can you take that much time? Does speed matter? Well, speed does matter, uh, but you do need to do this in a deliberative fashion. And uh, what I think we've seen is, is that he is slow off the take on some things. For example, he was asked a question at this news conference about uh, the cyber attack on Colonial. And, uh, and, and rather than b being you know, definitive, here's yep. what my view is. My view is well, these are non-state actors, and we're going to track them down and deal with them. And they are headquartered in Russia, and we're talking to the Russians, and we're making it clear to them that we want to know, we want their cooperation in finding and identifying these people, or there will be consequences. Instead, remember what happened? He sort of went off on this sort of thing about we're going to try and find ways to teach our children in schools to code so Terrible. we have an army of of cyber warriors in the future. I mean, sort of weird. Sort of weird, and he gets, has to have intense and meticulous... Uh... Okay, so... Anybody that, that watched Biden's very, very few campaign stops, uh, campaign speeches, mo mainly happening during the Democrat primary, this is no surprise. Uh, when he's hit with a tough question... Uh, you know, like the girl who questioned him on the Iowa caucus and he snapped back that she's a dog-faced lying pony soldier or lying dog-faced pony soldier, whatever the hell that was. Well, this is what happens, okay? This is what we got, guys. This is what y'all voted for. 
Okay. Indecision. Wanting to micromanage uh, everything from this pipeline hack, the hacking of the computer system to a uh, oil pipeline company uh, to many other issues. Uh, he put Kamala Harris in charge of ye border crises, which they say is not a crisis, but looks like a crisis to everyone else. Uh, she's done nothing, nothing, no, zip, zilch, nada on that. Uh, we've got this crisis in Israel that he's not doing, not, no action, which, I, I mean, we may not need to take action. We just need to let Israel handle her business. Uh, but nonetheless, are we really shocked and surprised that, you know, Biden takes a long time to think up answers and he takes, uh, once a lot of detail that he probably can't even remember after they tell him anyways, uh, that he wants to micromanage things. No, this is what he said, uh, in the debates. This is what he said. Uh, in his few campaign stops, this is these outlashes and incoherent babbling stories uh, are what he talked about on his few campaign stops. I've said that like 20 times, but where, where was everybody? This is the most popular president in history, 80 million votes allegedly. That's great voter turnout. I'm glad that many Americans came out. Trump got 74 or 75 million votes. That's almost half the population of the country. Uh, record high voter turnout. But were, who, who, who were you voting for? You know, people weren't voting for Biden. They were voting against Trump. Uh, And I'm not 1,000% sure Trump lost that election, but we just we just won't go there. Uh, but this is what we got. This is what you asked for. You you didn't want Trump anymore. You wanted Joe Biden. Well, you got him. You know, for the alleged 80 million people that voted for anyone but Trump because. The media says he's mean because the media says he told you to drink Clorox and shoot Lysol into your veins, which he never said. He, he might have said a lot of dumb things. And it, when I was using Twitter frequently, I still do, but I hate to promote Twitter. If you go to at the real underscore Big John... The real underscore Big John on Twitter. You can see where I tweeted, act presidential. Act more presidential. Because he did, Trump didn't. We know he didn't. But you had the strongest economy in the world in history in 2019. Then, as far as the media goes, he didn't manage the publicity, the public response to the virus. He did everything a president could do, 
in response to the virus uh, outbreak, he used the Defense Production Act. He shut down the economy. He told people to stay home. You know, he tried to tell people to wear masks, but Dr. Fauci said, don't wear a mask. Then a year later, Dr. Fauci, or a few months later, Dr. Fauci said, everyone has to wear a mask. And a year later, Dr. Fauci said, oh, I lied uh, when I said masks aren't effective because we had to save the masks for the important people because if we didn't have enough masks for doctors and nurses, then the doctors and nurses would all die and there'd be nobody there to treat the rest of us. And then we find out this virus isn't even that lethal as they led us to believe and still are leading us to believe. And you're telling me February, March, April, the beginning of May, in some places in April, the virus poof disappears like Kaiser Soze. Come on, man. Shit. Now I'm talking like Joe Biden. Come on, man. The only way they could root Trump. Pardon me. The only way they could beat Trump was to have something come along that shut down the economy and the virus pan pandemic. I know it was on a global scale. I know other countries did basically the same thing the United States did. Some where they could uh, control their populations better. They did more than we did faster than America did. Some places like Sweden where it's a, a lot of villages and um, a different lifestyle. They did nothing at all basically and had you know the, some of the lowest death numbers per capita in Europe. And when you look at the numbers per capita, the United States was not the worst by far in death in numbers of death. If you look at deaths per 1,000 people, but that was all a way for the media to blame things on Trump. Finally, something we can blame on Trump and we can say he screwed the pooch. You know, what cost him the election was his response to the virus. But hey, you got what you wanted. You've got crisis at the border. You've got chaos in the Middle East again. And hey, we're on our way to economic collapse. Thank you, Biden, Biden voters. Let's all just go fishing. All these people around here fishing and on their boats, and I would just love for them to be here and for me to just be out on the water. Yeah, because if you look like right out the window, <laughs> right we're looking at a window. lake right there. You can yeah. take your, your fishing pole out there. Yeah. Now, do you guys like pier fish or do you boat fish? So this summer, I want to take them deep sea fishing. That's like my, that's the biggest goal I have for the summer, um, to go somewhere to do that. But right now, I live in Pittsburgh, PA. Okay. So we just do the river. There right now is trout season, so we're um, going to. When you're not wrestling, thank you all. Remember to pray for one another. As always, God bless you and have a great, great day.